Hello and welcome to the third edition of EM Insider podcast with me, Chris Slowly, the editor of City West Selector. I'm joined as always by our EM Insider, Raphael Kassin. Raphael, how are you doing? Great, Chris. Uh, under the circumstances, I hope you're doing well too, huh? Yeah, I'm doing well. I know we've had some technical difficulties this morning, but I think most people are adjusting to to working in this remote fashion. So it's a shame not to be in our lovely studio doing this face-to-face as normal. Yeah, this won't be for long, so let's be positive. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, I mean, that does touch on what we were going to talk about because the reason we are working remotely and the reason that the majority of people listening to this will be working remotely as well is COVID-19, coronavirus, and the impact that's had on the markets and the world. And not just the developed world. It is seen as a developed world problem because we live in, we both live in the UK. We both see what's happening here. We see what's happening in the US. But it is happening in the emerging markets as well, Raphael. So as always, I'd like to call on your expertise. What's going on there? What does it mean from an investment point of view? Well, this is quite interesting. I mean, you could call China an emerging market, but I wouldn't. Uh, but we could, I guess we could say that the crisis is developing uh, with its epicenter in developed markets, right? Europe has let yeah. things go out of control. And now in the U.S., we're having a similar story. And it all becomes a question of, of containment so that the health services can deal with this. Uh, it's not the end of the world. We've had crisis before. But what's happening uh, for, for the emerging countries specifically at the moment is that they are people are predicting an, a loss in export revenues. That's number one. So yeah. that obviously affects them negatively if they're funding in dollars. Um, the other thing that is not working very well for the countries is that there's a little bit of a fight between the Russians and the Saudis uh, on the oil front. So oil prices have gone down. A few emerging countries export. Some of them import, so that, that benefits them. But for those who export, um, and it's a significant portion of their exports, the lower oil price, though temporarily, is going to potentially create dislocations. Now, if you add to that uh, people who have been having margin calls in other asset classes, right, um, yep. you have people who are forced to sell. What asset class has been hardest hit, Rafael? Well, I think that there have been a few arbitrage transactions in, uh, in even, even in U.S. treasuries. Uh, and I think just pretty much everywhere else, you know, whatever has gone down, uh, let's say you have shares and you're called on, on, you know, you have to deliver margin. Uh, if you can't, you take your emerging bonds and deliver. I, I have personally, I have a friend, a personal friend who, uh, who called me the other day to tell me that he was going to have to sell some emerging bonds because they were priced at par or around par. Uh, and his equity position had dropped 30%. Now this guy was leveraged, which made it worse than, than, it would have been normally. So these guys have been forced to, both on the institutional level and on the on the private level, they've been forced to sell some of their positions and emerging was doing well, so they sold those. Now, to add uh, insult to injury, uh, a few of the emerging funds have had quite a lot of outflows. And while on a private level, if prices go down, you may be able to just ride the, the 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 situation for a while as long as you get paid uh on the fund side yeah. managers have to sell so they become four sellers i've heard of of uh record levels in outflows 
uh, in the last few weeks from emerging debt funds. I see record levels. That's but does that throw up an opportunity to buy then? I mean, or is it still a forced seller situation that you couldn't buy even if you wanted to? Well, I think uh, you touched upon the most interesting point. I mean, if you think that this situation is not going to be a total disaster, right? The uh, end of the world, as in some of the movies we've seen, uh, then we can comfortably believe that there will be a recovery. And this recovery uh, obviously will bring profits. Emerging debt in hard currency was down about 20% uh, in, in the last few days, and it's recovered to some extent. It's up, it's, it's been up about 5%, so it's down 15 on the year. Um, corporates, because of their lower liquidity, probably haven't been priced uh, to the same level, so they're down about 10, 12%. Um, and, and of course, local currency, because the dollar has done so well, uh, it's been it's had very similar uh, performance to uh, the emerging hard currency. Now, let's put this into a little bit of perspective, right? Just as a side comment, um, if you if you think that you've lost 20 percent in your emerging debt position, that's much better than having lost 35 percent in your U.S. equity position. Right. So from a, an overall portfolio diversification uh, a strategy point of view, uh, you're doing well by having your emerging debt. But as, as we discussed, you know, the margin calls, the outflows, they they distort things a bit. But going back to the to the main road. Um, yeah. If we look at this as an opportunity uh, because we eventually will recover, uh, it's it's actually quite interesting. Well, it does. It. And where would you look then? Because, I mean, in, while this has all been going on and it's something we've touched upon in the first two podcasts we did, and that's dating back to rosier times. But we've, we've seen Argentina default. We've seen Lebanon default. We've seen other markets come under stress and pain. Where would you actually see as a bright spot, though? Where would you look to allocate? Well, this is this is, uh, yeah, the million dollar question, right? Um, I think first, what we need to have is, and this is this goes back to, for example, comments that Mohamed El Adian has made. You know, I, I find his uh, comments quite quite good. You know, he used to be a, one of my competitors and and a very smart guy. When when equities in the states were down twenty percent, he said he probably would wait until they reached thirty, uh, and they did. Uh, and then he said, "Well, I'd rather think a little bit more about it." And I I'm in the same camp. I am seeing quite a lot of volatility these days. I, I don't think that all the dislocations are over with. Uh, there, are, there are predictions that uh, large, well, the global economy is going to shrink by anywhere from 3 to 4% on the year. Uh, if we have a contained uh, virus, right? So let's say that, that, yeah. that the situation is, is not well for the let's say the second quarter only, right? And we're just entering that. Um, then it could be that we do get to a minus three to zero uh, on, on the year, which I think would be quite good. Now, once all the locations are dealt with, right? I mean, we saw a bounce back in equities in the last few days, but now today we're seeing a drop again. Uh, it, may, it may be that as as uh, Tudor said on on. One of his interviews yesterday, it's it's month end and people will be buying equity so that they rebalance. Uh, but 
but let's say that we do have you know this equity bounce back eventually and i think that will be the first bounce back we're going to have equity markets are quite quick at that um and let's also assume that there aren't significant credit dislocations right and what i mean by that is you could have countries that are forced uh to go into i don't want to say default but they they could go into some seriously dire straits because for a couple months they have issues with their revenues and how to balance them uh then i could see that as a you know you have to you have to be to make sure that that doesn't happen i mean obviously moody's has come out and 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 claim that it's not going to be like 2008 in which we're going to have a a global widespread credit crisis but we could have cre small credit crisis in some segments of the credit world right oh, and and that obviously would hit the lower rated uh countries and and corporates especially i think corporates would be more uh subject to to that problem because countries yeah they they have trouble financially but they don't disappear right but corporates do especially if you're in shale so i would say that the you know what if if these dislocations happen it'll be important to pick countries and companies that are in good financial health that won't suffer that uh, that uh, that that lack of of revenues for too long and that won't hurt them now we may have countries that will take this opportunity and, and obviously uh corporates uh to have a moratorium right and that makes a lot of sense we're seeing we're hearing in the equity markets companies that are claiming they will not pay a dividend this year and yeah, it could be yeah exactly very, yeah it could very well be that uh, that you have a country that says well sorry but oil is a big percentage of our our economy and we will just skip or or delay a coupon payment now here's where i think it gets interesting uh while at the uk level or or most other developed market uh levels uh you've got countries uh and governments coming in and providing huge support packages for emerging countries we would probably need to see the imf coming in and i think for example in a country like ecuador the imf has already come in and said look we're here we have a program and we're happy to work with you uh, i think they will have some kind of announcement soon i mean bonds there free fell uh below argentinian levels and that is unthinkable because the people in ecuador support repaying their debt or the interest on the debt so it's a dislocation that could eventually turn out to be quite profitable um we will have the issues of Argentina and Lebanon dealing with their restructuring, and maybe we're going to have a slowdown. Uh, Lebanon today, on the 27th of March, is going to be announcing one of their proposals, right? And we're looking forward to seeing that. Uh, so I think it will be important. You know, you asked about opportunities, right? I think the opportunities yeah. in the world will be in those credits that have been beaten down uh, and you could potentially even start to have a, a budding interest in venezuela i know you know probably most people will will <laughs> tell me to go jump in the lake after hearing this but uh first i have to get to the lake right the police will probably stop me and give me a fine <laughs> but uh but uh we've seen in the last 24 hours the u.s administration coming in with a 
a, um, a threat on Maduro from the legal side. They're looking for people who have information on him, offering to pay $15 million uh, as a prize, uh, reward, and uh, intent for uh, information that, that connects any of his associates with uh, drug dealing that is headed to the state. Well, this could be the offensive. You know, there's always there's that old saying that uh, the best uh, uh, offense, the best defense, is a good offense, right? So we could be seeing, and you probably you may have noticed overnight that there have been some comments by Trump on yeah. uh, on China, on on how he may want to to rework the trade deal. Uh, now they've got this quote unquote attack on Venezuela, and who knows? I mean, maybe maybe something happens. And uh, and it also becomes an interesting opportunity. So I would say these days you got to be very careful and nimble. Um, you have to worry about the vol. Uh, but at the same time, once the corona issue gets sorted, and that definitely will, it's just an issue of time, uh, we'll, we'll have a much healthier market. Looking at where we are and looking at what's, what has happened, you have been in the market for a number of years. You worked through the, the two previous large crises. How does this compare to what you saw in 2008 or even earlier? Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's very similar stuff. In 98, uh, it was really bad. Um, it, in fact, it started in 97 with the Asian crisis. And we saw yeah. a lack of liquidity. And I would bet my left hand, most long-only managers these days are finding very difficult to sell bonds if they have to. And if they do, uh, I've heard they're having issues in selling uh, 1 million with a 5% uh, dislocation in price after they've asked for a bid. So so I would say this is, this is very similar to 97, 98. I remember bonds free falling. Um, in 2008, I, I think it was a more systemic element. And it had, now we're having some elements of it with the with the margin calls and the outflows. Uh, and I, yeah. I would say this crisis is probably a mixture of both, but it's happening much faster because information is happening really quickly. Um, on top of that, in the old days, you would have managers, who, active managers, um, who would be really going for exotic positions. Now everybody is mostly investing in benchmarks. And they try to move very quickly whenever a little mouse moves in the corner. Uh, so I, I'm not 100% sure that that's going to have the best effect. I think it's going to be a herd effect rather than one or two managers having issues. And I think, you know, this, this again, uh, proves my point that active management, as long as, you know, and not uh, benchmark tracking, uh, is still the best for people um so and i think that's where you know those are the guys who will have interesting opportunities they'll take them uh just you know to to kind of bring the, that into perspective uh when i managed money i used to have at one point 30 percent in cash and I, again i would bet my left hand most long only managers who call themselves active these days uh don't have a lot of cash and and this is the moment you need to have cash right so i, I think that we will come out of the crisis, but it will be interesting to separate a lot of, of people who didn't do very well. 
That's really interesting because I spoke to I've spoken to two multi-asset managers over the last two days, and one of them I've already written the story. Mike Cooper at Morningstar. I mean, first he said the crisis is different, but the panic's the same, as in the actual what's caused the crisis. But people are responding as they did. But both of them sort of made the argument that now's the time to be fully invested rather than having cash in the hand. But it seems like there, if there are opportunities coming, then you're saying you need to have something to allocate with. Yeah, I, I would to to those who believe that I would just say that you know they were saying that when the Dow Jones was down twenty percent, and then when it was down thirty, yeah, they said it was still cheap, and they were buying, and that's a very cute idea, but I think if you're a client and it's your money, you're not gonna like that too much. I I know you can't catch a falling yeah, yeah. knife, but I think that if you look at what happened yesterday. Right, and and I I follow U.S. equity markets quite closely. Uh, we've had a drop. Uh, we had we've had a, that huge drop, right? And then we've had a few days of recovery, and and all of a sudden people completely forgot where we were in terms of what the economic effect is really going to be. I mean, there are people who are going to be unemployed for a while, and and that will have a dislocation in, in the world economy. Um, the, as we said, you know, the crux of the matter is, is how long it takes for that to, to go back to normal. So I, I, I would say you have to be very careful what you buy. As I said, Ecuador. Ecuador has dropped 60, 70 points for no apparent reason. I mean, you know, obviously, I, I'm not going to say that I would have put my money in Ecuador. But at $16, $20 on, on, uh, on, on a bond you may start thinking where the risk reward comes in and for the third time i'm not going to suggest you buy ecuador now because you know it's somebody you have to know what risk you take but yeah. if you had the cash you might be inclined to buy a little bit of it and and so that's why i would say if you have the cash great maybe reallocate but i wouldn't reallocate all of it now so similar to what mohammed was saying in uh, in the U.S. markets, markets when they were down 20, they could be down 30. Uh, I would say in emerging debt, we're now down on the hard currency side about 15% because we were down 20 and recovered. And it could be that we go down to being 20 again. Um, so I, I would say try to catch the falling knife, but very carefully because we don't really know how messy can get in the next few weeks if you look at it uh a year down the road as long as all all the stars align as they should uh, i think we'll have uh we'll, we'll have higher markets rafael i'm going to end it on that positive note i'm not going to take up much more of your time because it is a it's a strange circumstances to be talking i do appreciate the time that you've given me so um it'd be good to check in and see how these are developing because i think this is a very much a moving target what we talk about today might not be What's at the agenda come Monday, for example? So um, it'll be good to talk again soon. Thank you for taking the time, Rafael. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Thank you too, huh?